This is News Talk 980 CKNW. Welcome back to the Sunday Night Sex Show on News Talk 980 CKNW. I am Maureen McGrath hosting this show for you. I'm a registered nurse, clinician in clinical practice in North Vancouver as well as Vancouver. I am also a researcher in the field of spinal cord injury and bladder and bowel in sexual health as well. Uh, I also blog at Fifty Shades of Pink and Straight Up. I'm executive director of the Women's Health Initiative Network, a national not-for-profit organization to raise awareness about issues below the belt, those taboo subjects like sexual health, vaginal health, uterine health, and more. So it's always my pleasure to be here with you as it is tonight as well. They say that technology is a game-changer for sex. So what do you think about that? Uh, Has technology improved your sex life? Has technology impacted your sex life? With, um, you know, computers and iPhones, bringing those into the bedroom can actually uh, negatively impact your sex life. And uh, that's... um, that's not the sexiest thing. I do want to mention my contest that I'm having. I'm having a contest, a giveaway tonight, dinner for two. It's Savio Volpe, as well as some lingerie and sex toy, the favorite sex toy of mine. Uh, so you can call me, 604-280-9898 or star 9898 on your cell, or email me, sextalk at cknw.com. I have Ken on the line, and Ken is willing to share his best sex yet story. Hello, Ken. Hi, this happened a long time ago. I was quite young, and I... But you still remember it, Ken. That's what I like I about it. I still remember it. This yeah. happened a long but I met a lady who was a little older than me, Ooh. and um, she decided to do something which I was not... And I never tried before. And what she did was she decided to use some whipped cream, chocolate syrup, and cherries, and to make a chocolate sundae. Uh, with a certain part of my anatomy. The only, the only problem was that the cold whipped cream had an effect on that part of my anatomy, which was kind of embarrassing. So I, <laughs> Warm up well, your whipped cream. That's the message here. Well, this one, her, she didn't do that. The whipped cream was real cold. It was interesting. <laughs> the whipped cream needs it. to go in the mouth first, maybe. Uh, well, she didn't do that. She just took it out of the fridge and... It was quite interesting, and I had never tried that before since. But I, it, was, it was quite quite the look on my face because it, it went from you know, him being excited right. to being, oh, my God. <laughs> that is a brilliant story, I have to say. It's a true story. It was a long time ago, and I never forgot it. As a matter of fact, I remembered her name, and she had an English accent. <laughs> I wish I had her phone number. <laughs> I bet you wish she would do that now. <laughs> so are you in a relationship now or married now? I'm divorced and I'm in a relationship. Okay. So have you told that story to the person that you're in the relationship with? Or was that the reason for the divorce? <laughs> she never no, quite made no, the Sundays no, the same was, way? That, that was a long time before I got married. No, I haven't told my new friend. but You haven't I, told her? Well, I made... <laughs> I may try it again, but I, I guess your idea of perhaps yeah. finding a way to warm it might be a yes. little bit better. Find a woman anyway. who likes the taste of whipped cream. That's my advice. 
<laughs> yeah, well, anyway, I, I, I never forgot that. It was a long time ago. I, I, I can't imagine how you ever could possibly forget that story. That's a great story, Ken. <laughs> That's my story. I really appreciate it. Put Ken down. Yeah, he's entering the contest if you want to hang on there. <laughs> Just stay on hold and Matt will have a chat with you. Thank you. All right. Thanks so much, Ken. <laughs> okay, that was good. <laughs> so that's a great idea for Valentine's Day, everybody. Just make a Sunday for your lover. All you need is a little whipped cream and a cherry. Forget the ice cream, unless you want to warm that up in the microwave. But <clears throat> uh, banana split. That's something entirely different. <laughs> so back to technology. That was the nutrition segment of the show. Um, but back to technology. Technology is a game changer for many relationships. And in houses today have changed in so many ways. And a lot of them have become automated. So I'm honored to have in the studio with me tonight, Debbie Lee Evans. She is an interior designer, as well as a realtor in the luxury real estate division, which is largely over in West Vancouver. Uh, and Debbie hails from there. So welcome to the studio, Debbie. Hi, Maureen. Thanks for coming in. Thanks. Glad to be here. Yes. It's, topic tonight. Yeah. Great little topic. Um, so automation. So a lot of homes are actually, well, there's Alexa is one um, little mechanical assistant, I guess, who will help you with the weather and will help you, um, you know, with a shopping list and uh, can almost become your friend, you know. Exactly. So what are some of the ways that people are automating their lives in the luxury home market? systems, the whether it's Lutron or Control 4. Mm-hmm. I kind of like Control 4 because it gives us control over the house or in the bedroom. Absolutely. Um, we all want to have control yeah, over the bedroom. Nest, yeah, various forms. But for the bedroom, especially, um, you know, going in and being like people love being able to control the uh, blinds, the music, the lighting. So you can do that through these systems, either in the house or on your phone. Mm -hmm. or on an iPad, so you can do it remotely as well. A lot of people like to, you know, if they're not at the home and they're away traveling, they can log in and they can see everything as well. So there's cameras and video available as well to view the space, which I thought was kind of sexy for the the master bedroom. That certainly is. We can get (laughs) into a whole lot of things there, sort of remote control sex, which a lot of people are living apart, or there's lots of guys and women who travel for work. So many people travel nowadays. Exactly. I have a quick question. Uh, So if you're driving home, can you, uh, you know, on your iPhone, pull over, I guess, um, on your iPhone, can you turn the heat on and turn the fireplace on and maybe um, open the blinds Exactly, and just, you know, set the mood lighting basically from your phone from the number one highway? Well, you could always uh, call your partner or your wife or whoever and uh, tell her to take a hot bath, get changed and ready. You could set the mood from wherever you are. Dim the lights. Dim or, the lights, mm-hmm. you know, get it all sexy and, you know, kind of um, you know, bring the sexy back to the bedroom. And then, yeah, get everything ready. Dim the lights, draw the blinds, the whole work. She goes, get, gets a bath. By the time you get home, the mood's set. 
Mm-hmm. She's relaxed or he's relaxed or whatever. Can be a little bit of sexting beforehand, a little yeah, arousal some, exactly, between you know, the couple. Exactly. Kind of play it up a bit. And then you're together, obviously. But if you're... Unless think, she's with somebody else there yeah. before you get home, that'd be a problem. <laughs> well, if you uh, looked at your camera and logged into the bedroom, you'd this see is, that. <laughs> this is true. Don't use your wife's phone to do this. Um, like the Uber guy. But, you know, I'm interested in the fact that you can, if you're traveling, you can look inside of your home exactly um to see if anybody else is there so this has been a mild fear of mine not really anything that i've ever required therapy for but i've often thought you know what if somebody is sleeping in a different part of the home what if they've you know gotten in and you didn't know and you know um and so one evening this week uh somebody my car was left unlocked and somebody went through it and um, didn't really take anything. But, you know, I had swim gear in there. So they went through that and pulled it all out and they opened the glove box. And, and it's, it's a little bit of an, invas- you know, yeah, an invasion feeling. Yeah. Yeah. And, um, and, I, and I wondered if the person hadn't slept in the car. <laughs> Um, but you know, this way it's a little bit of a safety mechanism that, uh, you can automate your home so that you can see what's going on or your teenagers having a party. Exactly. If you go away. It's it's a a little bit of a safety net, right? You can go in, you can check the place out, um, In Whistler, we have a lot of people do it as well. Right. So before they head up to Whistler, they set the whole house up. So they check the heat. You you can turn the fireplaces on quite often. You know, have everything ready. Right. And even you can automate the lights so that as soon as you pull in the driveway, they come on. The lights come on in the house. And when you go to bed at night, you can just hit, you know, go to bed and everything shuts down. Right. In the entire house. Exactly. But being able to actually visually go and see, like, what if there was a flood or what if something happened? Exactly. Or you thought someone was sleeping in your bed. (laughs) That's right. But just anything. Just for the... That safety and kind of, you know, f- it just makes you feel a lot better, you know, more safe kind e- of. Exactly. Yeah. So what are some of the things that they're automating today in the luxury homes? Everything, the blinds, you can even do them uh, solar mm-hmm. so that you can have your blinds either by remote control or you can have it so that it's solar. So when it gets hot and sunny, like it's a certain time in the afternoon, they lower themselves. Um, pretty much everything. And even with the Alexia, I think it was Alexa the, or Alexa, mm-hmm. the that one's voice controlled. Yes, so, so you can just say Alexa, tell me what the weather is going to be exactly, like tomorrow. That's just kind of sitting in your. This room. is my shopping list. Exactly. You know, you just speak to to Alexa. Yeah. And so whether you just do voice controlled or iPad or phone, and do we become dependent on machines? Somewhat. But I thought, turn it around in the bedroom and use it for fun. What if your husband is traveling or your partner? And uh, he's in the room, has nothing to do. He can log in, you know, like you said, flirt and chat beforehand, then set the room up for you. And then you can... And there are remote control sex toys. So, you know, at a party, for example, you can wear your sex toy and your partner can be on the other side of the room and uh, turn it on. And it can be quite a a fun little secretive arousing game for one another. But you can do that when you're traveling as well. And so this technology just brings the sexy back into a marriage. It certainly can. Chatting with someone else or doing, you know, chat with your partner and you can be a million miles away and use some of this technology to bring the fun back into your kind of relationship. Because that can be quite arousing, just chatting back and forth. Oh, exactly. And, uh, you know, 
stimulating from, say, you know, Europe and you're here in Canada, yeah, you know, you how wherever. sexy is that? Exactly. And it also can keep a couple uh, tied. You know, it can in- improve the bond uh, exactly. between so, a couple. And then someone might be less likely to go outside of that relationship if they are if they know they're going to be having, um, you know, FaceTime or chat time with their yeah, partner. If you know you're not just going to be on the lingerie. phone talking to your mm-hmm. partner, but tonight uh, we're going to set up a little bit of a meeting. That's and I right. want you to go in and have a bath and then put your sex toy in and then I'm going to control the whole thing. By Ex- the time you get out, I'm going to have the lights dimmed, the blinds down, the fireplace on, and then I'm going to log in and I'm going to watch you on the bed. It's all about me, baby. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> um, That's yeah. a little bit different from master bedrooms. But yeah, a little bit, but you yeah. know what? You don't have to live in a luxury home in order to no. uh, reap some of these benefits it of this remote be- controlled sex life. Exactly. It used to be that uh, home automation was very expensive and costly. Now it's very affordable. And even just lighting. If you can't afford to do, you know, speci- like special lighting throughout your home, you can buy a light bulb now for 8 to $15 an LED with red, blue, and green color. And you can color and dim it um, just in your bedside table lamps. And oh, nice. The yeah. red light's on. You know what's going on tonight exactly. here. Exactly. And you can use your iP- or your phone for that, too. There's an app. So just something so simple that could just add a little bit of spice to your life, especially with Valentine's Day coming up. So those light bulbs are next to nothing. Exactly. They're just a little bit, you know, quite a little fun kind of technique for the bedroom. And, and just those little touches are so are so nice. They make a huge difference. Absolutely. I don't like to come home to a dark house. And so uh, we have some bulbs, light bulbs under the eaves of all the gables and um, they automatically come on at a the certain sensor. time, yeah. yeah. Which Makes you know wasn't an expensive deal. Yeah. Um, so, but you feel a little bit safer and a little bit, you know, uh, lighting the way. But um, well, that's great, uh, Debbie. So, how would people get in touch with you and automate their home and their sex life? My website is debbieevans.ca. So, and my email is debbie at debbieevans.ca. Pretty simple. And, uh, you know, it's great because you're not only a real estate agent, you are an interior designer as well. And so that really broadens your reach and your ability to help clients, especially in the challenging market in which we live here in the greater Vancouver area and especially over in West Vancouver, a most beautiful part (laughs) of the city with the the most magnificent lighting of anywhere. Talk about natural light, (laughs) beautiful light over in West Vancouver, especially uh, on a sunny day like today. Well, thank you so much for coming into the studio. Studio, Debbie, and uh, we'll uh, talk to you next week. I'm Maureen Thanks. McGrath. You are listening to the Sunday Night Sex Show on News Talk 980 CKNW. Welcome back to the Sunday Night Sex Show on News Talk 980 CKNW. I am Maureen McGrath. Thank you for being here with me this evening. If you have any questions at all, give me a call 604-280-9898 or star 9898 on your cell. If you think you can beat Ken's whipped cream story about the best sex ever, well, it actually didn't turn out to be that great, actually, because things kind of headed south. And uh, so, yeah, he may not be in the top spot. But anyway, so you still have a chance to win the Dinner for Two at Savio Volpe over on Kingsway, as well as a little womanizer toy and some lingerie. Um, but if you don't feel like going for the whipped cream and the the hot fudge sauce, I guess, that's what you do. You add some hot fudge sauce to it and <laughs> a cherry on top. Uh, there's some other things that you can do that won't cost the earth. A lot of people think if I, the more I spend, 
the more this particular person will think I love them or somebody thinks, well, if this particular person didn't spend that much on me, then they really mustn't feel that uh, enamored with me. But that's not necessarily the truth. You know, it's really, you don't have to spend a lot of money in order to demonstrate your love for your lover, your wife, your girlfriend, whomever, or your boyfriend, your man. And do, do women get men gifts on Valentine's Day? Typically not. No. I've never gotten a gift on Valentine's Day. That's a drag, huh? So anyway, a lot of Just a lot of letdowns on the gifts that I've given. A lot of pressure, you know, that um, a lot of pressure on people. So a couple of things that you can do. Um, You know, you can do one of the chores, especially for people who've been married for a long time. Do one of the chores that always seems to end up on your partner's lap, you know? So whether that's fill up the gas tank, these are things I hate to do. Hint, hint out there. Uh, (laughs) Fill up the gas tank, go to the bank, go to the supermarket. Hate all those (laughs) duties. So do that for your lover, your wife. Um, Send flowers or cookies. Take the dog for a walk. That's something else. Stop by your lover's office around lunchtime with their favorite little meal from home. Just take a drive together. Snuggle after sex. Whisper sweet nothings. A back massage or a full-on body massage. I'm all for breakfast in bed. I'm all for staying in bed all day. So those are a couple of great things to do. Take a late night walk. Stroll around the neighborhood hand in hand. Make up some silly nicknames for for one another. You know, make one of those nice mugs with uh, your mug on it. That might be kind of nice. Or or a favorite saying or something. Or a picture of one of the kids or all the kids or just the favorite kids. um, And the ones who are going to get the inheritance. Um, You know, do some chores. Put the toilet seat up or down. You know, put it down with a nice little post-it note on there. Like, you know, going down tonight or something like that. I don't know. (laughs) (laughs) or send a sexy picture message. I'm Maureen McGrath. Those are my Valentine's Day tips. You're listening to the Sunday Night Sex Show on News Talk 980 CKNW. Welcome back to the Sunday Night Sex Show on News Talk 980 CKNW. I am Maureen McGrath. I am hosting this show for you. It's always my pleasure to be here with you to talk about sexual health and, and sexuality. And I am so delighted that... The city of Vancouver has deemed today Sexual Health and Reproductive Health Day. And joining me on the line is Dr. Farah Shroff, who does a lot of work in this field, raising awareness, educating um, about reproductive and sexual health. Hello, Dr. Shroff. Hi, Maureen. How are you doing? Good. How are you? I'm great. Happy, happy February 12th. This is our inaugural International Sexual and Reproductive Health Awareness Day. And happy February 12th to you. I was delighted when I saw this. This is great progress. We've come a long way, baby, huh? <laughs> you, get, you bet, Maureen. Yes. So, and, and you're doing some great work with your organization. Tell me a little bit about that. We started um, MyCAN, which, uh, which stands for Maternal and Infant Health Canada, Caring for Communities, as a way of reaching across borders to see what kind of of difference it would make if we had partnerships to try to solve some of these seemingly intractable problems of uh, maternal and infant high death rates and to see what we could do to improve them. Um, and so there's a pretty large group of physicians and researchers, most of us who are based at UBC, and we've connected with some partners who look very much like us, physicians and researchers in India, 
to do work in uh, rural areas where the the death rates of of babies and and their their moms primarily during childbirth is pretty high and uh, we're we're working towards creating what are called demonstration villages which are healthy villages from an upstream and a downstream perspective so looking at the kinds of issues of um making sure that girls aren't married too young, which is a huge issue in India still today, even though it's actually against the law to have girls married really young, there still is an issue of girls getting married young and boys getting married young, but of course the law is a little bit older for, for boys. Um, so uh, that that's one issue. Violence against women is another issue. Getting access to contraception is another issue. Child uh, spacing, childbirth spacing, another really, really important issue. Um, that, uh, that that our project is, is uh, working with our partners to address. And there's over 800 women, mothers, who die in childbirth each year, the world over. Every day. Every single day. That's right. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. It, uh, through, throughout the world. Sorry. Mm-hmm. Um, and that can have a tremendous impact on the lives of families and children because mothers are... Uh, really the most important person in a child's life, and they really understand and can deal with ch- uh, children's health and well-being and health and welfare as well. And so you're you're doing a lot of work to try and end this also, I understand. That, that's exactly it, uh, Maureen. And really, if you think about your own life and if your listeners think about their own lives, whenever they were um, ill as children or whenever they felt bad or uh, there was something emotionally going on in, in their lives. Where did they turn? Usually, the first person all of us turn to, especially as children, and a lot of us as adults too, we turn to our moms. That's right. And so, having mom there is a really, really important part of our emotional well-being. And and our our, our moms are really vital in how well we do in our lives. So, what we know is that when a mother dies in childbirth, her existing children have a really, really hard time doing well in, in any challenges they face, challenges they might face in school or in, in their religious institutions or in society or if they're being bullied, all of those kinds of things that a mom really can make a big difference in helping with are hampered when there's no mom. And, so, and it can lead yeah. to anxiety, a sense of insecurity, nowhere to turn. Uh, it can lead to a, a whole host of other issues. Exactly. The the way that we, we talk about it in the research literature is failure to thrive. So unfortunately, a lot of the kids who are left behind when a mother dies in childbirth fail to thrive. So that means they don't do as well in school. And when they don't do as well in school, it means that the rest of their lives after that, in terms of getting a job, getting a good place to live, having a partner, all of those things that most of us look forward to doing as we grow up, all of those things are challenged. That's right. And then when they go to have their own children later, it can really, uh, I, I have seen patients in my clinical practice who have suffered that type of loss, and then it will re-trigger something when they go to have uh, their own families. Because the re- reality is, the realization is that a mother can die in childbirth. Yes. And... and, and um and so better nutrition for mothers is a huge thing. Um, raising the social status of women is a huge, huge part of doing this work. Making every woman's life valuable. That's in the end what this has got to be about. Believing that each one of us comes onto planet Earth 
for an important reason and wanting to make sure that our resources are devoted in an equitable fashion to saving all women's lives. The really deep and ugly reason why some women are dying and other women aren't dying has to do with two major things, poverty, and the other thing is a discriminatory attitudes towards particular groups. So it's not just women living in poverty who are dying, but women who come from communities that are considered marginal or or not important. And the, the more that those of us who... Uh, who, who work in healthcare, try to, to to really change social attitudes, the better it will be. Absolutely. And it's a perfect time to mention the birth fair, which is happening out at the Cloverdale Agriplex on February 25th and 26th. And uh, there'll be lots of great professionals out there uh, educating about antipartum, pregnancy, labor, delivery, postpartum, postpartum depression, feeding your baby, exercising, dealing with your relationship and, and your own health uh, as a woman, as a mother. Uh, so it's a, it's a great event. I'd love for you to co- come on out there if you'd uh, like to come and share your story. Uh, well, thanks for telling me about it. You're so, welcome. Amazing. Yeah. So, uh, in fact, today they had a, a whole little event of painting mums' bellies about the birth fair. But you're absolutely correct. We need to elevate the importance of women in the world and uh, recognize women, you know, uh, stop the discrimination, uh, stop marginalizing women, have women have access to health care treat women appropriately uh, when they enter hospitals. Uh, there, there are some gender biases in hospitals that are, are direct result of blood clots are, are one example um, that women are actually actually die at a much higher rate of blood clots than men do because of the way, because of the gender bias that exists, heart attacks. So, um, you know, this is really important work that you're doing. It's, it's great work and, uh, and congratulations and thank you very much. Well, thank you. Yeah, if if I can, um, yeah, just just say one thing that um, even though this work sounds like it's being done really far away, we live in a part of the world which is really international in focus. We have a lot of people from other parts of the world here, and no longer can we be encapsulated um, in in British Columbia uh, from other things that are happening. And it it's a really important time considering the kind of um, big ideas of selfishness and maybe a little bit of hatred that's out there in the world today for us to all continue to care about people across the world. Absolutely. You could not have said that more graciously or eloquently. Dr. Farah Shroff, thank you so much. And how can people get more information about the work that you're doing? Uh, they can um, look at our website, which is maa.med. Dot ubc.ca. So that's ma.med.ubc.ca. Thank you so much, and uh, I look forward to meeting you soon. <laughs> okay, well, it was lovely to be on the show today. Thank you. Thank you so much. Great minds think alike. I'm Maureen McGrath. You're listening to the Sunday Night Sex Show on News Talk 980 CKNW. Welcome back to the Sunday Night Sex Show on News Talk 980 CKNW. Maureen McGrath here talking sex with you. We're coming into the final stretch here. Uh, there's so much I want to say. I uh, We got interrupted with Ken's fabulous story about whipped cream and heading south um, to when I started talking about sober dating. And if you have uh, become sober this year, you're enjoying sobriety, uh, dating is could be a challenge for you, might be an issue, but just remember your sobriety always comes first. It's good to be discreetly honest uh, when you're in recovery. Even these little, you know, typical dating rituals may be contrary to, to your sobriety. 
no longer can you say you want to go for a drink, you want to grab a drink. Um, the whining and dining kind of thing uh, is out, is out, goes out the window. Uh, so even a home-cooked meal can be... Uh, it may be innocuous, but it may not be for somebody who is um, has just recently become sober. So just keep in mind, um, don't try not to let other people pressure you into joining them. Drinkers love to have people who drink with them. And uh, where you go matters, so try not to go to the bars. And the choices that the person makes um, may affect you. So if they use your... Uh, drug of choice, it can put you in danger of relapse. So uh, keep that in mind. And also take your time. Uh, don't don't fall really heavily. A lot of people uh, replace one addiction with another. So just be mindful of that. And you don't want to, um, you know, any new romantic relationship can give that rush to you. And that'll affect your brain chemistry, the release of endorphins in your brain, those pleasure endorphins, which will... Um, you know, give you that high when the endorphins are released. And so it's the same that you get when you've been using drugs or drinking alcohol. So it's incredibly easy for a newly sober person to jump into a relationship too soon and ascribing more to it than it actually holds. So uh, it may set you up for disappointment and heartbreak, which that could be a trigger. So just keep all those things in mind. Know that your sobriety is just is precious and you worked really hard to get there. And if if a relationship grows into something more, uh, you can certainly be in a relationship with somebody who who does uh, enjoy alcohol. Um, it's just it would be hard if somebody if, if somebody else were uh, had a problem with drinking. But you know you can definitely have a fabulous and fantastic relationship and probably enjoy sex more because alcohol can actually lead to that little cold whipped cream problem that um, one of the callers seemed to have. So that's when things go south. So, uh, you know, the road you took to get there is a a path of gold. So uh, keep that and and enjoy that. I do want to talk to you a little bit about um, foods for vaginal health. But first, I have an email from somebody, and uh, I often get questions about relationships, especially at this time of year. And so here's the email. It's long, so bear with me. Uh, Maureen, I'm, I am I enjoy your show, and I'm writing this re- last week's program. You talked about passion and that men and women need to put more effort into a relationship. I totally agree, but one issue you need to bring up is when a woman, no matter how well and passionate she's treated, a man can get traded in for the rich guy. More supposed status. That happened to me, and not sure I'll ever get over it. I'll try to encapsulate my story. I was 66, now 70, and met this lady at a dinner function. It was her first outing in a social situation after her husband had died six months earlier. It was instant chemistry for both of us. We sat at a dinner table for 10 and only heard ourselves talk. Pure magic. She phoned me late at night to hear my voice, initiated sex talk. She was starved, and within two weeks, invited me to her place one evening to take her boots off. That's when our magical journey started, every night. She lives in a semi-retired community 
community and would laugh that she was having more sex than anyone in the area. We booked a cruise a month later, and we had sex three times a day, laughed, played, etc. And she gave me a card that said, you're a dream come true for me. You've fulfilled every fantasy I've ever had. You are every woman's dream, and I'm so fortunate you're all mine. I feel at peace with you. Let's cherish every minute because it only comes along once in a lifetime. I thought I'd died and gone to heaven. But she would pick fights and blame me for meeting her too soon. But it takes two to meet and agree, right? And began to fight her feelings. Why? Because my house wasn't as fancy as hers. She had more money than me. Her husband had died and left her a fair amount. We always paid for our own trips. I introduced her to dancing, golfing, but she would fight the fact that I was showing her. I got her living again, helping her to to get reinterested in her garden and yard. Another card she gave me said I would have died without your help and encouragement. How can I ever thank you? I was just a salesman. I didn't have the same status as her. My car wasn't fancy. I wasn't rich enough. We attended social functions together. I'm well-mannered, a perfect gentleman, and know how to dress. She radiated a glow that women show when they're happy, but many of the women would say, as jealous women do, she could do better. At the beginning of our incredible journey, she introduced me to her psychic who told her that these horrible words... John is a nice guy, but he's the practice man, getting you ready for the next man who will be the one. How do you think I felt when she told me this? I don't believe in this stuff and told her that I think heart, chemistry, and romance would win out. And this is my point. I lost. So where does romance cut it with women today? I've thought about writing a book about my experience. She told me that I wrote the book on romance. I bought her flowers every week, would rub her feet for hours, introduced her to massages. She'd never had one before, and she loved them. Soft candlelights. Do I have enough time for this email? Anyway, to get make a long story short, a long email short... Um, her point, his point in this rambling letter of hurt is this women need to know and hear that life isn't all about money. It's fleeting and can buy a heart. He's on several dating sites, trying to meet a woman that would love to be romanced. He offers a lot to the right woman, slim, good health, owns a home, plays golf, loves dancing, traveling, and still have that kid side. And I'm not a couch potato. So he's still trying. Uh, the bottom line with this, the thing that sticks out immediately, somebody who's abusive to you, verbally abusive, especially after they have been just the dream and everything you think of, um, uh, then, uh, you know, if it's too good to be, if it's too good to be true, it is. And so there are these people in the world. She's not necessarily, she sounds a little bit more like a narcissist to me and was just taking the things that you perhaps didn't feel confident about, like you didn't feel like you had enough money. You use the statement, I never like the word just, never say I'm just a something, I'm just a this, I'm just a that, because it diminishes it. It devalues it and you're doing it to yourself. So she was probably picking on and had the ability to pick out those things that bothered you. If you had more confidence, and with all due respect, if you had more confidence, I do believe that um, it would not have bothered you when she said, you know, your house wasn't as nice or uh, that you uh, didn't have as much money as she had. That's a big issue for millennials today. I understand from the divorce lawyers that were divorced, <laughs> the divorce, divorce lawyers that I had breakfast with, they were telling me that the millennials today, a lot of the women are making a lot more money there. And then the guys and the guys are kind of having, you know, the, the jobs aren't as great. And they're also sitting um, gaming all the time. And so they're not putting up with it anymore. And they're, you know, the divorce divorce rates are increasing in that millennial group. So if it's too good to be true, it is. I'm sure there's somebody out there. Have confidence. That's the sexiest thing. Don't let her bother you. The fact that she bothered you understood, uh, it makes me understand that you have these weakness and in, in weaknesses and aren't feeling that great about them. And they're not necessarily weaknesses. So believe in yourself. 
Anyway, just getting to 20 foods to boost your vaginal health. And especially now with, um, you know, you can just put these anywhere you like. Okay, Greek yogurt, that's something. It's a naturally acidic uh, and, and that will help with the pH in your vagina. So that's good. Cranberries are also good. A study in the American Journal of Obstetrics and Gynecology found that women who took a cranberry juice pill equivalent to two eight-ounce servings of cranberry juice for six weeks after gynecological surgery reduced the rate of urinary tract infection occurrence by half. Sweet potatoes are also very good for you. Normally, sweet stuff doesn't pack a nutritional punch, but then again, uh, not everything is a sweet potato because these are high in vitamin A that helps strengthen the muscles, the vaginal muscles, that are were, would be good for strong, healthy vaginal contractions, especially during orgasm, which I never got to tonight. We'll have to get to that next week. Omega-3 fatty acids um, are also uh, great for you. But anyway, and spinach. So there's lots of foods. There's lots of things. Have a wonderful Valentine's Day. Go to my website, backtothebedroom.ca. You can go to my blog, which is a lot spicier than Sean Spice is. The Spicer is these days. Um, it's getting thousands. They're getting thousands of hits. So head on over to Fifty Shades of Pink. Uh, I'm going to be at the birth fair, February 25th, speaking about all of the issues, antepartum issues, pregnancy, postpartum, your relationship, sex, postpartum depression, breastfeeding, formula feeding, everything. There's no perfect moms. There are just only amazing moms. I'm at the International Autonomic Symposium on the 22nd of February. For anybody with spinal cord injury, you are welcome. Remember, when you stumble on this gravel road of life, make it part of your dance and dance like you've never danced before this Valentine's Day. I'm Maureen McGrath, and you've been listening to the Sunday Night Sex Show on News Talk 980 CKNW. Thanks, Matt. Vancouver's News, Vancouver's Talk. This is News Talk 980 CKNW.